Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the fourth installment of, I believe it's, the, yes, I believe it's the fourth installment of the Ten Commandments. Let's let's open up with prayer. Father God, we thank you, Father, for all that you have done, all that you're doing. I pray by your power and by your spirit that you would have your way in and through our lives like never before. I pray right now, Lord God, for those that might seem a little lost, that might seem a little off kilter in the name of Jesus Christ for whatever reason. Father, I pray right now by your power and by your spirit that the enemy's weapons will not work, that they will be disturbed and deployed and destroyed like never before. God, you said all of the promises in you are yes and amen. So even right now, as we look into your word and dive into your word, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to have your way like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we need you. We need you, especially in this particular climate of the world. We need you, God. It seems like everything is going on. It seems like a bunch of things have hit the fan. It seems like for some of us, we might be a little stuck. For some of us, we might need some help with whatever It is, but God, you said that you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. And God, we pray that you would help us in this season to do your word, to walk your word, and to live out your word. God, we bless you right now. I pray that someone would hear the word today that you're going to use me to bring that it would not just be a sobering word, but a delivering word, that you would set someone free today in the name of Jesus, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke every assignment of the enemy right now once more. We command every demonic power to be bound and casted back to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I pray for divine healing. I know I'm taking a little time for with this prayer, but this I'm just going with the Lord for a minute. I pray for divine healing right now, my brother and sister's body, wherever they are in the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, we pray, Lord, that we won't just be on the defense, but be on the offense. God, I understand that as we bring forth these messages and we help the world to internalize what you have said in the earth that the enemy doesn't like it and God we pray hey God that your assignment would not be hindered through us whoever we are in the world whether we're a preacher teacher minister musician whatever in the name of Jesus we need your end time anointing God it seems like It's so hard just to get one message out. God, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. And I call forth divine acceleration in the name Jesus in my brother's and my sister's life. I pray that you would help them not to be stuck, that you help us not to be stuck, that we would not be hindered, that we would go forth knowing that you called us to this work, oh God. That we would take it seriously. That we would take it seriously. Without fail, execute every plan that you have set forth on our hearts. God, we bless your name.
That's every leader. I feel an impression to just pray for every leader, whether in the secular or in the spiritual. I pray that you would touch them right now. Touch us, God. As you prepare your bride. In Jesus' name. Yes, God. It is so. Amen and amen. (sighs) Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I just felt that in my spirit. Please turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus, chapter 20, verse 12. I just want to insert here that once once we reach... Um, commandment, the fifth commandment. I'm going to take the opportunity. I don't know if I'm trying to pray about it now. I'm going. I'm, not, I'm trying to see if I'm going to attach um, a recap of what we've already said to that. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attach a recap and just to uh, remind everyone what why we're going over this, what it's about, what was going on in, in this particular context, why God. <clears throat> Um, use Moses to pin the, the Ten Commandments, which was to help change the culture within them as they um, regained their identity after 400 years of slavery. Oh my God, that sounds pretty. <laughs> if you are African American or or whatever the case, that that sounds pretty similar to what we're going, what's going on today, to an extent, to an extent. But this. Direct connection from God was established to give them the law at this particular time, but not just the law, but the love behind it. And my purpose for this, I'm just going to say a little bit now. My purpose for bringing this is it's a God given assignment given by God. The enemy has been trying stupid stuff to deter me and to distract me. But that's why I believe I I took that long praying this prayer. Because I start assignments and I get attacked really heavy sometimes where it, it, it will, it's, it's difficult, but God said, do it. And, and, and that's, that's where I am in my training, staying the course, being steady, like a pastor said this week, and, and just getting it done and uh, not letting it fall to the wayside. So with momentum, keep praying. I pray that you pray for me. In Jesus' name, amen. But it, it, it's, it, God has given this to me because we have to know God's heart. A lot of times we say, what, what did God mean when he said that? And this is, in, this, in this particular text, you'll, you'll see so much. And it will kind of have you having some aha moments like, oh, wow, aha, I didn't know this. Like, wow, this is crazy. This is why this is like this. And that is like that. And it, it, it's, it's another way of understanding why the enemy wants to stop procreation through sin as well. He's afraid of the seeds that will come after you if you train them up in the admonition of the Lord. Because Satan sees us as Christians, but he also sees us as um, the beneficiaries of Christ. He sees us as the recipients of heaven, a place that he has no access to. Do you get what I'm saying? So 
because he has no access to it anymore. He's jealous of anything or anyone who looks like God. Even if you don't know God, he recognizes the purpose throughout time because of how many people that he has seen throughout time. He recognizes purpose and potential through individuals that are that are called who are everyone, but that are highly called. And he, his assignment is to stop that. The Bible says that there's a solitary in the family. That solitary is the one that I call them the go-to guy or the go-to woman, where one is established in each generation. It seems like every 10 years or so, um, there's one in the family that has that influence to lead many. Here we see Moses. He's the solitary for a nation where God is using him to lead many, like millions, right? And he stood in front of Pharaoh and said, let my people go. God used him because he was bilingual. He was also, he was able to speak Egyptian, know Egyptian culture and speak Hebrew. His mom trained him while he was a young boy as a Hebrew slave. She was a slave woman. When you read the text, you understand it better, but she hid him for a season. And um, I think her name was Zipporah, uh, Pharaoh's, one of Pharaoh's daughters, I believe, saw him floating in this, this little ark type of, of, of uh, baby, baby carriage. And she picked him out of the water. The baby carriage was made out of pitch I think it was called pitch and straw, something like that, like a like a muddy type of dirt. But um, he but <laughs> he grew up knowing both cultures, basically. And now, fast forward to right now, he's learning God's culture for Israel that we know becomes later on spiritual Israel, which is us. So it's just as important then that we know the heart of God as it is now. God is not telling others, us to go out and stone and all that type of stuff because we're under what is called the dispensation of grace. And I promise you, before I leave this earth, if it's God's power, if it's God's intention, my intention is to teach about dispensation, dispensations right now. We need to know about dispensations. Amen. I'm getting I'm getting off topic, but we're under the dispensation of grace. We are under that heavily. <laughs> and you can see it all around. A lot of the stuff that we do, we would have been stoned for at, in, in the era that we're extracting the Ten Commandments from. But anyway, um, Exodus 20 and 12 says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That's the NIV version. I want to read one more version, which is the King James version. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This is the fourth commandment. It's important that we understand the word honor. It means to give respect. It means to set above someone. It means to obey. It means to revere. It means to love. 
God, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right? We say all the time that God is our father. Right? Our Abba. We, we name churches after him. I saw one church that said it's called in Baltimore Abba's house near Dundalk. But when you really study Abba and you really get to know him as father, you will do what he say. Not as not by him controlling you, but you said that you love him and he loves you. So if he tells you to go down the street to the corner store, nothing crazy, and to pray for someone, do it. God will never tell you anything that's objective to that's that goes against what he said in the word. He will never tell you to go and kill someone if he said in his word, do not kill. I know I'm not on that commandment yet, but I'm just setting the stage and foundation right here. God will never, ever tell you anything outside of his word. If he tells you something that's outside of his word, I doubt that's God. It might just be the enemy or your flesh or the desire that has been birthed from your flesh based on what you want. There's three things that the Ten Commandments is trying to kill that has been set within our flesh since the fall of man. It is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Now, Jesus mirrored this also, except it was counter. He said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Each of those directives that he gave to his disciples, it counterproduces what was placed here through sin. Denying yourself. It goes against the pride of life. Taking up your cross. You're giving up not just the pride of life, but you're also giving up the lust of your flesh. And then Jesus said, follow me. So whatever your eyes want, it has been readjusted to what Jesus wants. He said, follow me. So to follow him, we have to what? Keep our eyes on him. We got to focus, right? And so I said all of, all, all of that to say, honoring someone is big. We have to do the same thing when we honor our mother and our father. And I understand some of us may not have had parents or a guardian Or we might have had parents that might have violated us in certain ways. Or some of us might be the survivors of a certain type of abuse and everything like that. I want to tell you, God understands and he sees and he knows and they will not go unpunished. But the purpose of this is to set a standard. The purpose of this is to tell you God's original intent. Some might say, well, my mom and my dad passed away. Well, you can still honor them by remembering who they are, 
why they were here, if they were bad people, you can take this time to, you can pick up a photo and say, you know what, and mean it. I forgive you. You can pick up a photo of them and say, you really did me wrong. But because I'm trying to change, hmm, thank you, God, I forgive you. You can pick up a photo and say, I really miss you. You can pick up a photo and say, I wish you were here, especially now. I've done this with loved ones. My God, brother, you know, um, not with any of my parents yet, thank God. Um, They're still here, but they're still here for me to speak my mind, right? (laughs) No, but seriously, um, my mom, just a little history of me, me and my mom share a bond a strong bond. Um, and she also shares that bond with my brother to the point where over the years, people that are my age that may have been around me, they would say things like, I wish I had that with my mother, or it can be intimidating because their mom or their parent were not as open or approachable. You know, if you're an upcoming parent, you want your child to know that you are approachable, that you that you're that you're near, that if there's something that they that they 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 may need that you're accessible to to get it, you know whatever the case may may be. Jesus says, "Suffer not the suffer not the the children to come unto me." He was basically saying, "Treat them right. If you don't, parents, you might as well." And he said this in an example, but he was basically saying, you might as well take a, a a rock, a boulder, and chain it around your neck and throw yourself into the sea. He was basically showing us in an illustration how much he cares about children and how serious he is about his covenant with children and the relationship between family and children. And my mom had a son, me, that was diagnosed at a very young age with ADHD. I was written off as a special needs kid, went through the school system, yada, 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 uh, as far as, you know, being put on Ritalin and different types of, you know, uh, legal drugs to help cope with what I was, quote, diagnosed, end quote, with. They wanted to label me, okay? I was I was given the opportunity throughout my life to be around mentors, teachers, and all different types of people that help shape Jamal, <laughs> Minister Jamal. And I and I wanna let you know that if you don't have a parent, it's okay because God will send someone just like he did with me. I have a, my father is still alive. We have a good relationship, but he wasn't in the household. Okay. My stepdad was, and he, he taught me what he could. Um, but then I had male mentors outside of them where I was taught how to shake a man's hand 
how to be steadfast in prayer as a man. How to treat a woman to the highest degree. I was taught how to um, be a gentleman. I was taught how to um, emphasize with a woman without taking on their feminine qualities. I was taught how to relate uh, from the soul with a woman, with uh, mentally, uh, spiritually, intellectually, how to shake their hand and not squeeze it um, or over squeeze it because they're like a gentle flower. How to watch what I say out of my mouth because there's power in the tongue. How to not send a woman somewhere with my tongue, but to be quiet for a season and listen. And I'm not perfect. Me as a married man, I'm still mastering these things, but I've come a long way. Some of you that are listening to this podcast know me personally, and you can attest I've come a long way. And I thank God for it. And I did not get there on my own. I was around my mom. My mom was open. I could tell her almost anything, virtually anything, down to the point, the part where I lost my virginity. And y'all might, someone might be like, oh, wow, that's a lot. No, I needed an accountability partner so that I wouldn't screw my life up. So I wouldn't mess my life up. So I wouldn't get off of my destiny but so far. When she didn't know what she knew, I would go to my pastor or someone that I can confide in for real, that I could trust so that I would not. So I, I, I love myself and I love God so much that I didn't want to get so off kilter that I didn't have an anchor or, or a, a point of reference, okay? I know I'm a little long-winded with this. I'm, I'm doing this on purpose because I, I pray that someone gets this. We're still talking about honoring your mother and your father, but <clears throat> the Bible also says that we are the father, the fatherless, and mother, the motherless. So I'm sharing my experiences for those that may not have a mother or a father or has grandma or may have lost a relative, or may, or may be in a foster home right now, and they feel like they're challenged because they don't, have, don't know or have the specific tools how to be emotionally stable, okay? When I, when I had my times where I wanted to fuss at my mother, cuss at my mother, <laughs> I had to think twice <laughs> because I was under her roof eating her food, and my stepfather, I was eating, I was, I was, I was, I had my, you know, my own, my, my car, but her car. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So you have to look at yourself and say, how dare you talk about them or talk against them as your mother or your father when they are the ones that are taking care of you? You got to have those conversations with yourself, young people. You have to look at yourself and say, okay, I'm, I'm here right now. I'm, I'm under their roof right now, but at a moment, and I'm telling you, it's a moment, you're going to be out on your own because time is, is, is fleeting. So you might be 17 right now, but in a few years or a year or so, you'll be on your own. You'll be legally an adult. You have to look at it like that. But while you're under their tutelage, I'm trying to tell you, learn everything you can. I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm still learning stuff from my parents. 
I'm still learning stuff from my mom my, and my, my dad and my mentors and stuff. You never stop learning. That's how I honor them. I honor them. And if I keep over talking them, even to this day, my mom will say, ah, you, hold on. She'll, you know, I, she'll, she'll make this certain type of noise under her breath. And I'm like, all right, I got to I got to calm down so she can talk. She She's trying to talk. Or um, my pastor, if I say something that I could tell that might be a little, you know what I'm saying, uh, something that he doesn't agree with. He'll cut his eyes a little bit or he'll look at me first and I'll look back at him and I'm look, I'll look at him and be like, I guess I shouldn't have done that, huh? <laughs> you look, you know, so you, you, you learn these different social cues around those that, that you confide in, you know. Uh, another one, um, Elder James uh, Patterson. I, I call him Uncle, Uncle Jimmy. I, I look at him as my mentor, my godfather, whatever the case may be. But he's put a lot in me um, uh, the right way behind closed doors, if you know what I mean. He, 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 he didn't do it to be seen. He's mentored a lot of young men where he didn't want to be seen. But he would rather see us grow up correctly out of jail out of the the system in Christ married or aspiring in certain certain ways than to be seen in public and I, I give accolades to you sir and, and and those that have helped me like my mom and my father Wars Petaway my mom Diane Jones Joelle Jones my stepdad uh, <clears throat> uh, John Williams and my grandmother, Mother Annie Gray, and I was thinking about this guy. He's my Facebook friend, but he, this guy taught me about punctuality, and he, and he taught me about having a sense of urgency when we were out on the road years ago when I was a teenager. He, he said that I reminded him of his, his older, his younger brother, Kirby Thomas. I, I appreciate you, sir. Um, my, you know, uh, my, my mother-in-law, uh, Sanji Lucy and Bishop Stokes. I love you, sir. Uh, again, Elder James Patterson. Oh, Elder Steve Harris. He, he would have a lot of us in this class called uh, Christian Worldview. And we would just soak up so much knowledge before service started. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just wanted to take that time to honor them. And it's good to do that from time to time to turn back and say thank you. That's why the, the, the leper that was a leper, when he turned back, it was so powerful because there were 10. And Jesus said, where are the nine? I should be hearing nine thank yous. That's how we honor those that are our parents or our spiritual parents. And there's many more. Forgive me if I didn't mention your name. There's many more. They are the wind beneath my, my wings. And I thank God for them. And from time to time, when God lays it on my heart, I can always tell because it'll be, it'll be uh, their, faith, their face will come to me from nowhere. I, would, I will say thank you. Sometimes I might not know. But when God gives me that unction, I will, I, I will text Bishop or my mom or uh, Elder Steve or, 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 uh, or Elder Patterson and just say thank you, sir. Or uh, sometimes I run into Elder Steve, you know, I guess he lives around here. Uh, but <laughs> if he hasn't heard it, thank you. He's hearing it now. And I, I, I just want to say thank you to all of, the, all of you, all of you, my 
my uh, my stepdad uh, Joshua, my brother's my brother's father, taught me how to um, how to change oil, how to uh, <clears throat> um, work on a car, if you will. Uh, I still don't know how to change brakes. I I didn't stay for that session, but to change oil, change a tire, uh, different things like that, you know, that really helps um, a young man. Uh, I've had plenty of tires, uh, you know, uh, busted. And when when my brother got his car, when it was time for him to get his car, I I taught him, you know, and we just kind of vibed off of each other. We were were living in Harford County at the time and, and things happen. It's an open road out there, even though they're trying to make it like the city. But ha, thank God for you guys. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not done. I just wanted to take that time to honor them, honor them. But I'm almost there. I promise you. I promise you. I'm saying all this because this is important. I know it sounds really practical, a little dry, but this is important because this is how we receive the blessing from God. This is how we excel in God. It's more than just shouting in church. It's more than just the spiritual side. There's a natural ingredient to this. And this is it. There are people in our lives that God will send to round us out. We have to show appreciation to them. Uh, Elder Moore, Latonya Moore, my first ministerial teacher. Lady Marsha Stokes, my second teacher, they taught me how to carry my study the right way. I saw how Lady Marsha, when I was in her class, she unfolded. It was it would seem like right when you think that she is done, she had another lesson. <laughs> I love you, Mama. She had another lesson. I love you, my Stokes. She had another lesson. I remember in class, uh, <laughs> um, Elder Gary Washington, a couple others, he was, they, he was in our class, and he, <laughs> we would get there early, like right, you know, I think eight o'clock or something like that, and we would look at each other like, whew, we done. Lady Marsha would say, wait, I got to show you these principles of the Bible. I'm like, oh, because the, the class was called uh, How to Study the Bible and everything like that. And it, it taught us a lot. But again, I appreciate you, Lady Marsha. Love you. Um, and it just so happens this past is Appreciation Month. Look at that. But uh, <laughs> but they are my spiritual parents, Lady Marsha Stokes and Bishop Jerome Stokes. Love you. And they taught me a lot as well. Bishop, would, when I was in college, I remember, I remember being in college and uh, there were times where he wanted to link up you know, to mentor me for ministry or just to mentor me and to see how I was and to see, check, 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 uh, to check out my emotional status and everything like as a shepherd, you know, and, um, a lot of times it would be like God would lay it on my heart to ask him if we could go to, uh, you know, like a, a little, a little lunch, um, place, I guess, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, it's not there anymore, but it will be near Towson University. We would, we would just have lunch. And this particular time, it was around the time where he was promoting his book, You Can Do It. Before I read the book, I felt inspired because he's sitting with me at lunch on the phone. 
preparing to release a book that (laughs) some of us had never heard before yet. When I read the book, it was like icing on the cake because when you're in college, a lot of times you have classes and you feel like you can't do it. (laughs) So that book was right on time. I appreciate you, Bishop, for that book. Um, And there's so many other stories I I could say. But I want to say this. The way God made family is powerful. It's like God created the dichotomy of family like this. If you can envision it, God first, then the father, husband, then the mother, wife, then the children. And for some, the dog or the cat. (laughs) But in Genesis, you can see a transition from he, the term he, to the term them. It's powerful because it helps us understand the iteration of he or him. There was always the, the term he through the nature of God as spirit. Did you get that? The term he was always genderless in the beginning before because God always existed. Grab hold to this truth. However, yes, the term he was giving a gender when God made humanity them. When he made the man, then the woman, the term she was given to give identity to Adam's counterpart, him being male. Take note, you might have to rewind this, but him being male, her being female. God created them. The term them gives so much power because now it's speaking of a group instead of a single person. There's so many people right now that's trying to become them without going through the process that he, meaning God, sent. I've been wanting to be married for 20 years. I just got married last year. And I am shout. If you ever come to CRO and you see me shouting, I'm thanking God for the process because marriage is so hands on. I was in I was in uh, I'm getting my CDL license and I was in CDL class today and they had this thing called rather would you rather this or that. And they were talking about arranged marriages and everything and everything like that. And I, I stood up and I said, I'm only in year one. And I realized that it's hands on. The enemy is still going to come. I said, if you don't, if you believe in God, this one guy shout out. He said, yeah, if you believe in God, I said, yeah, but if you don't, you will when, when you enter into marriage because it, because you need God in it. There are, there, there were times even in this year that things as far as my finances did not match up no matter how I flipped it. And then God, amen. So when someone gets married, It's like I said in class today, I didn't plan on it, but I said it straight in class. I said, when someone gets married, it's not just the person, but you're marrying God. And God, you got to give room for God. I said, a lot of people are getting these, uh, getting into these worldly marriages or whatever the case may be and calling them a marriage. 
without the God aspect and wondering why it's failing. Or you might say, I have God in it, but God might be telling you what to do and you're not listening. Or it just seems like God has you in a certain place where, it, where you're going through cycles. I'm, you know, each day I'm looking for God to show up. And my wife does the same thing. God shows up many times when she's at her job in certain ways. But when we come together, we come together with testimonies. That's in, in these testimonies that we have, they strengthen the cohesiveness of what we have already. And we pray a lot in our household. I mean, we pray a lot. We pray a lot. We talk to God a lot because we realize that we did not make it this far. Hey, I'm getting excited. We did not make it this far without Christ. My son anointed us last night with oil, (laughs) with the oil of the anointing, whereas we were praying with him. You know, certain things were happening and whatever the case may be, you know, in school. And we prayed with him. And he said, let me anoint my parents. That's the type of that's the type of stuff that you train your child up for. We didn't we didn't tell him. He just went. He just went and did it. Do you get what I'm saying? This is why it's important. They have to. The children must see this. They must see the cohesiveness between the man and the woman. They must see them work it out. They must see us progress. And I declare and decree that we're going to continue to rise and go beyond what the enemy wants to do in the name of Jesus. Every plan of the enemy that's in your marriage or in ours is destroyed in the name Jesus because God is on the scene. It's not just you and her or her and you. It's you, her, and God or her, God, and you. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. The term she was given to give identity to Adam's counterpart. He called up Asha. I'm getting excited. He called up Asha. He said, "Man shall not be alone." He God. He Asha called up Asha. Hallelujah! But live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, "He said, man shall not live alone." He said, "Man shall not be alone." He said, "It's not good that man be alone." So you know what? With my word and with my with what I just said, I'm going to reach in. And, 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 and have Adam go into a deep sleep. And I'm going to create a woman from his rib. And when he wakes up, he's going to have a wife. I was totally asleep to my wife. And what I mean by that is my wife has been attending my church almost as long as I've been attending my church. I've never saw her until the year that of, of divine attention. And... Every time I tell this story, even even to, you know, certain people that we know, they're like, wow, how could you not? It's because we were asleep to each other until it was time. The term she is powerful. It's so it, 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 it gives meaning to coexisting her being female. God created them to coexist and procreate, which eventually creates more of them. The term them. <laughs> meaning creating the offspring of the previous them. <laughs> I hope that doesn't chip you up, but it, 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 it creates 
a dichotomy or a family tree. I say it like that. <clears throat> this this man made the then we can look at this man made term offspring. And I'm going to get into that a little bit a little bit more. But this particular term them is popular in the earth because humanity increased through the process of time. Glory to God. We are them. All the way in 2022, we are still them. But it started with he or him, God being God. It's so powerful. Because God needs not another. But we need each other. God needs, that rhymes. God needs, something write that down. God needs not another. But we need each other. We need each other. Do you hear me? Like never before. Listen. I pray someone gets this. God used Adam and Eve to also birth a new matrix called the baby. The baby, uh, I, I'm, for, for just study purposes, I'm going to call it the baby effect or young offspring. We now call the child or plurally known as children. The, the baby process. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The baby process or procreation process. Adam and Eve, it's important to note here, Adam and Eve were born grown up. Do you hear me? Adam and Eve were born grown up. And I just want to stop here and say, one pastor said the reason why they, why they lost the Garden of Eden in the beginning was because they had no process. They were born grown. Don't Despise your process. That's why the word says this demise or despise not small beginnings. A baby is a small beginning. But you know what? It it creates it it, it, it creates an opportunity for a full grown process so that when the so that when the noun baby becomes a full grown man or woman, they won't lose your inheritance that you have to pour, that you have to uh, give them after, before you pass. Amen. It says a wise man leaves an inheritance. I just want to throw that in there. But <clears throat> children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This is noted in Ephesians 6 and 1 and verse 3. This is not the actual first commandment, but the fourth However, it is the first commandment. Listen to this. Honor your father and your mother. This commandment is the first commandment with a promise attached to it. God promised that your life will be long and enjoyable here on earth. God is saying, if you omit this commandment, you are in danger of leaving this earth prematurely or before your God-given promise is fulfilled completely. This is why the foolishness of the son is the heaviness of the mother. You can see that in Proverbs 10 and 1 uh, and also in chapter 15 and 20. Listen, I remember listening to my mom say a statement over and over again as a child. She, she, would, also, she would always say, if you don't listen to what I'm saying to you right now, as I admonish you while you're a child, then you could either be dead, end up dead or in jail or have gotten someone prematurely pregnant. She was basically saying, in essence, what Proverbs 10 and 1 echoes. Or she was basically also saying, 
honor what I'm saying so that you can live. She was basically trying to make sure that it would not leave this earth prematurely. I'm sure many of us heard some type of variation of this growing up. It was especially emphasized in the black family culture, perhaps due to the fact that a few generations before, our matriarchs and patriarchs were in slavery. So certain things were passed down as sayings traditionally instead of scripture. However, this is what the text in essence is referring to. You could either die, end up in jail, or have gotten someone prematurely pregnant. Ending up in jail is basically saying a vagabond. Cain was a vagabond. A vagabond meaning he 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 had he lived without natural privileges within the earth that he could have had if he would have listened to the authority, which is God. God told him, sin creepeth at the door. He said, watch it. Don't allow sin to come in. And then he said, to, he said, he said, where is your brother? Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Wrong response to God. You know, so that's what a felony is. A felony is something that will leave, will will let everyone in the world know, or as you know, in whatever country you reside in, that you are a vagabond. You cannot have a regular job when you have a felony. You cannot do certain things when you have a felony. Especially if you are a rapist. <laughs> you cannot have the same privileges that uh, a, a, nat- a, a natural citizen would have. Because right now, you are barred from natural privileges. God was saying, when you omit these commandments, you are locking yourself out from the promises of Deuteronomy 28. You're... you're you, you run the danger of living like a vagabond. This is, this is powerful, isn't it? This is all tied into one commandment. Some of us are probably visitors of family that are in the graveyard who have been through all three. Jail, got someone prematurely pregnant, and now they're dead. It will make you say, Wow. I never thought of it like that. Perhaps because our carnal senses, our carnal senses, are programmed for quick gratification. Quick gratification. Quick gratification. Meaning, I, I want it now. I want it now. I want it. I gotta have. I gotta have this. Gotta have that. I gotta have the greatest fashion. I gotta have the greatest shoes. I gotta have this. I gotta have the 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 best haircut. I gotta have the best everything. The gold, the silver, all that. I gotta have it right now with no process. I ain't work for nothing. The devil is a liar. Quick, quick gratification quickly omits sound wisdom and consequence. I got to have all the fine women and all. No. God used someone to say in the word of God. What is it that you gain a whole world? But lost your soul. Your soul is the seed of your emotions. It is your conscience. It is your uh your morality that connects you to this world. He was saying, 
what's good of it if you if you if you live like a vagabond, like you have no soul. That's why you can see someone murder someone in cold blood, and, the, and you know you can say, oh, and and sometimes it is something mental, but sometimes people just don't have no conscience. The Bible says that in the last days, some people's their conscience will be seared. It will be like it's burnt, has been burnt or melted away with a with a hot iron. Some of us have discernment where we feel this heat shoot up and down our arms, spirit in the spirit, or down our legs in the spirit. God is saying, "Be careful." That could be something at the door that's trying to mess with your morality or the way that you operate. Amen. Carnal senses is also it's almost like discernment of what is right or what's wrong has been totally locked out of the outside of our of our uh, thoughts or our things like a barred door or a door with a bolt or padlock when we omit this commandment. Please, family, hear me. Don't omit God's commandments. They work in concert with God's plan. Have you ever been to a concert before? A really good concert, like an orchestra or, uh, I don't know, um, some of you guys probably been to a Jay-Z concert, a DMX concert, or a gospel concert. You're like, wow, everything was just great. The music and everything. This is how things can flow with you in the realm of the spirit, like a concert. While you're asleep, a concert is going on. Oh my God. While you're sleeping, a concert is going on. While you're driving, a concert is going on. God is God is working things out based on your obedience to what he said to you. While you're at your desk, a concert is going on. While that boss is fussing you out, a concert is going on. While you're trying to figure out how you're going to make ends meet, a concert is going on. God is really working it out in your favor. You know Romans 8, 28 and 24. A concert is, hey my God, a concert is going on on your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you know when it amplifies, just like in a concert, you know when it gets loud. So God is saying, your blessing is about to amplify. And it's about to be set on stage. But you got to be still like the mic on stage. And know that he's God. A concert is going on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. While I'm talking to you right now, a concert in my life, I'm, I'm preaching to myself now. A concert is going on. I can't falter here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Someone pray with me, please. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. A concert is going on. I thank God for my obedience in Christ. Someone recently blessed my family with, t- with basically two vehicles because they said, because of your obedience. God has blessed us, placed you guys on our hearts. And this is what God said for your obedience. I'm telling you, a concert is going on. Someone is talking about you in a positive light. 
that's going to set your promotion on the next level. It's, it, you know, the enemy gets upset because get, you get a promotion, but he hasn't seen nothing yet. They're about to give you double. Hallelujah, Jesus, for your trouble. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Tell someone, and you, so tell someone around you, you ain't seen nothing yet. You thought my last blessing was something. Watch what God do because there's a concert going on. I've been following the, hey, God, I feel like having church now. I've been following these commandments already before Jamal preached it. This is just a confirmation that a concert is happening right before my eyes. Hallelujah, Jesus. No, I can't see it. No, I can't feel it. But God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He said, if I do well in due, in, in my season while I'm weary, in due season, I will reap if I think not. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I won't lose these commandments. He said, love God. Keep my commandments. I'm almost there. Whoo, Jesus. I got to keep going. A concert is going on. There's Woo, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I promise you, I'm almost there. Praise him. A concert is going on. Glory to Jesus. Glory. 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 You're trying to figure it out. Why these attacks have been so strong. God is saying there is a concert that you do not know about. But now you do. That's going on all around you. When you speak the word by faith, the angels that are assigned to your life, the Bible says they excel in strength. The more you speak what God says, the more you bring that thing to pass, the more you give life to that thing. That's why it's important to walk up into that workplace, to walk up into that place where you see darkness and you say, let there be light. Wherever you, hey God, wherever you need peace, let there be peace. You got a concert around you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I have notes here, but God's about to take me another way for a second. Jehoshaphat, you know the story? He went seeking out the prophet, Elisha. He got to the Elisha because they needed to win this war. And Elisha said, bring me a minstrel. He needed to, hey God, he needed to, he needed something to take his anointing and his gifts to another level. And he needed a minstrel to amplify what was already there, a concert. When the concert was done, <laughs> when he came back to himself, he gave Jehoshaphat a word that helped them, hallelujah, win the battle. He said, dig a ditch. Not just one, not just two, a bunch of them. He said, no, go and go somewhere for a moment. Come back. When you come back, you're going to see all of these ditches. God's going to do something with all of these ditches. Ditches. They came back and it was full of water. It worked in their favor. 
it, the, the ditches and the water caused a, a, an un, unnatural type of victory. God can use anything. The enemy started hurting the, each other. They were confused. God won't leave you confused. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Honor your father and your mother, for it is right. You will see long. You will, oh my God, you will excel in the earth. That's what it means. They were, it's working in concert for your good. They were, listen, they were in concert with God's plan. These commands are in concert with God's plans for your life. It's like leaving out seasoning or an important ingredient as a five-star chef. When you leave out these commandments or a commandment, that one ingredient as a chef that you are placed in, or I'm sorry, that one ingredient as a chef that you that you need, that you place in that particular that particular uh, meal, or maybe it's a secret sauce, which is your money maker. It's needed. God is saying the same thing about His commandments. They are your life, health, and strength makers. Adding these could be like adding eternal youth juice to your body. That's what the word is saying. There's a way that seems right unto man, but that way leads unto death. Proverbs 14 and 12. How do I honor my parents? Like I said, obeying what they teach. If it is sound teaching and wise. Remembering their godly traditions. Being grateful for their presence. Even if they don't always make you feel wanted or liked. Being honest about your feelings toward them. Whether good or bad. Listen, I'm, I'm going to give you these a little bit. And I'm, and I'm, I'm stopping. Listen, Joseph honored his father. Jesus honored his parents. Joshua honored his mentor, Moses. He became successor after Moses. Elisha honored Elijah and became his successor and received double for double anointing and did double the miracles that Elijah had done. David honored Samuel and Nathan the prophets. He also honored King Saul way before and even after he took his his place as king, Saul's place as king. Listen, Isaiah 1 and 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Honor your parents, my friends and my family. I pray that I said something. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's going to keep you in line and on track with what God said to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that God looks upon you and that he smiles upon you. Please stay tuned for the salvation prayer and benediction. God bless you. Love you. Speak to you soon. Remember, honor your parents. God bless. Hey, everybody, I pray that someone was pricked in their heart about making a serious decision to come to Christ. He says in his word, in the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. I pray that this word has found you today. And if you desire to come to him, the altar is open right now. The altar of your heart. 
Just say this prayer with me today. According to Acts 2 and 38, it says, Repent, turn, be godly sorrowful for what you have done that God did not approve of. Then it says, Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But the first step is to turn away from the thing that God does not approve of, to believe. If you believe that he died on the cross for you, that he was buried for you, that he rose up again on the third day for you, he said, you shall be saved today. So let's pray this prayer right now. Father, I ask that you forgive me of every sin that I've committed. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for what made you upset about me. Come into my heart. I need a change. Say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you were buried for me. And I believe that you rose up on the third day just for me. Forgive me. I need you. Come into my heart right now. In Jesus' name, cleanse me by your blood and by your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you meant it, congratulations. There's rejoicing over one sinner, rejoicing over one person that did not know who God is. And over 99, that's already his. The heavens are rejoicing because you made the wise decision to come to him. But that's the first step of the journey of salvation. The next is finding a Bible-believing church that God has led you to and requesting to be baptized in the name of Jesus. We, we spoke a lot about his name today. And I pray that it blessed you. It's so powerful that you can be baptized in his name. And after that, you continue to seek him in, in, in receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, according to Acts chapter 2, where it speaks about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and under the utterance of cloven tongues, the evidence that you're full of him and not, not, not anything else but him. I pray that God will be with you on this road and on this journey. And remember, just because you gave your life to the Lord doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble, but it just means that now you have help. You can talk to God anytime. You can write a journal to him. You can ask him to help you in this journey. You can ask God to help you with your purpose. Amen. He's there. God bless you. I pray that heaven will smile upon you. Until we meet again, I love you. God bless you. Speak to you soon.